Hey everyone, it's Ryan. Hope everyone's having a good day. We got a lot of fun things we discussed in the podcast today. We recap a little bit of Bastogne, go through our trip to London, talk about the people we got to see, places we got to go, a lot of UFC stuff. So if you're a big MMA nerd, you'll enjoy that overall travel experience. And we talk about maybe being in the strangest McDonald's on the on the planet. Hope you guys enjoy. What's up? What's up? How's it going, everyone? Matt, how's your day going so far? It's going good. It's nice to not be sick, to be alive. Yes, I will. I have to commend you on your last performance. I was I was impressed uh, editing it, and it was good enough to put out. So it was difficult speaking that long, and maintaining the train of thought without somebody to bounce off of is is difficult. Not to pat my own to my own horn, pat my own back, but no, it's okay. It, it's not easy. No, it was, it was tough. Plus, I was still under the weather. I was still sick. So, yeah, I'm I'm back. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm all good. I'm I, so pumped. I got the occasional cough. You know how after you get sick, you're never 100 percent for a couple of weeks. You think you're completely fine, and then all of a sudden you have just some crazy. March 22nd, a lot of stuff happened in the past week or so. Yep. Uh, I'll just do a quick note on Bastogne because oh, yeah. I didn't have any. I think you covered it pretty well, but really enjoyed it. Gotta go. Museum is probably the best historical museum I've ever been to. I don't really know how many I've been to necessarily, but just the whole idea of following the four stories around was beyond fantastic. I think it really puts you in each moment of the war, which I, I, I think, I don't know, I just, at the beginning and at the start of the war, it really seemed justified on both sides, or they made it seem that way. And then as you get through, you see everything starts to twist and turn. And by the end of it, it's uh, it's pretty clear that the Nazi soldier does not want to be there anymore. And he sees the deception of his leadership while the American one, he wants to be out of there, but mm-hmm. triumphant. It was beyond, beyond interesting the whole entire time. Walking around, something you talked about, walking around in the fresh air was very enjoyable. Did you mention that we were like five feet away from a cow? I don't remember if I did, but we did run into a cow. Yeah, we ran into a cow. We started mooing at the cow, but he was not very amused. Yeah. Yep. So that that's all my notes on the on the trip. Mm-hmm. If you can get the opportunity, to go. You can probably do everything in a very packed day. Very packed day, day and a half, day and a half probably is the way to go. Speaking of packing things in, so we went to London. London. We did a ton of things in London, which we'll go, which we'll all go through chronological order probably. Wouldn't you say chronological order? Yeah, let's do it. So the flight there was the first time we were flying since we've got over here. So it was a nice little get back at it. Uh, the airport went pretty smoothly on the way there. On the way back, I didn't understand the signs and I didn't take my uh, like my liquids out. And that was a big no-no for the British. So they got a little mad at me, but no, no worries. Just, a, I guess, a heads up that... Not every airport is USTSA rules. So. Yeah, that was a little bit stricter over in the UK. In the UK. All right, so let's start. When did we... We left on Thursday night. Thursday night. Plane in. We fly in. Get straight on the tube. On the tube. All the way over to our hostel. Uh, give me three words to describe the hostel. Grimy. Hot. Mm, I'll say sweaty. All right, I'll say grimy, grimy, and 
grimy. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, after a long day of traveling and getting there late at night, walking into that hostel was not what I envisioned, what we had envisioned. So it was a little tough at first. But then I think throughout the course of the weekend, it wasn't as bad. And then we were just kind of just tired and wanted to go to bed. And to get there and be in a room with like 10 other people that were all snoring and there was no like ventilation. It was kind of tough. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't a fan of showering at this location, but it, it did the job. I think in a way it was good because it forced us to just get out and move out, mm-hmm. which was good. But it just, it kind of gave the vibe of, I wouldn't even say dirty is the word. Because I think it was technically clean, but it was less of a university students traveling come here blah 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 it was more of like this is the cheapest possible option we're just going to stuff people in Mm -hmm. what used to be bedrooms of a house yeah above a above a restaurant and get after it it seems like there's two kind of camps of hostels one is the yay study abroad is so fun come stay here and meet all the youth and you have your own charger and your own towel and your own little cubby and we're all just gonna be in this together then other ones are like we have room you can stay here if you want i guess and this was definitely the latter but I think going forward, we're staying in more of the hip young youth hostels, which I honestly, I think it's cool to meet other people. It's not what I go to these hostels for, but not having like just kind of like the craziest, like really odd, crazy people around. Plus there was like, I, just, I was just nervous the whole time because we couldn't lock up certain things. Yeah, we had to pay for our locker. Well, honestly, what made it worse is the first hostel we stayed at, which was in Paris, was luxury. Uh, luxurious everything was fantastic taken care of for you had multiple chargers right next to your bedside you had a locker you didn't we didn't bring a lock but you could have easily locked things up there was a shade uh, or blind on the bed so you could just sleep and be by yourself Mm -hmm. you know just staring at some random like croatian dude from from across the way yeah but so that first night go to sleep no big deal wake up bright and early the next day and we kind of just started exploring got to it so we were, I guess our hostel was kind of near like the Tower Bridge, like the Shard is I think the name of the skyscraper that was near there. So we just kind of started from there and started walking around. Uh, did we meet up with Connor then? Yeah, we did. So our really good friend Connor from back home, shout out Connor, decided a little bit later on in our planning to come visit London at the same time as us. And he got in very early on Friday and from there... He threw his stuff in our hostel and we started traveling together. It was kind of made me homesick to see him. Also because I think New, or London, which we'll discuss, is a little bit more like New York City or a, a United States style city in comparison to Paris. But mm-hmm. uh, it was just great to see him. So you want to? Yeah. So I guess we just started walking on more of the waterfront. Uh, we passed the Globe, like the Shakespeare Globe, which didn't go in it. Then we went to the Tate Modern, which is like the Modern Art Museum which is a little underwhelming because I don't know some modern art is very cool. Some of it is just, wow, they put colors on a canvas or this is just a photograph with a little sticker on top. It, I don't know. Some of it was pretty neat. I think if we had a ton of time in London, I would have enjoyed it more, but it was kind of like we're here. Cool. Whatever. I kind of want to go. Yeah. They had the famous painting where it's a grid and it's like one spot is red, one spot is blue, one spot is yellow. And when I sent it to mom, she instantly sent back kindergarten exclamation point and then sent examples of her kindergartners doing this project. And theirs were 
arguably better looking than this. I wouldn't say that. It was that, that was like the only cool piece of art. Very sublime. Very sublime yeah. piece of art. Uh, so, but then after that, we went we went to Nando's, which is a restaurant in. They have some in the U.S., but I think it's primarily in in the U.K. Just chicken spot. It was it was good. After that, we hop on the tube, which is actually a tube. It's actually a tube, like circular. The whole entire subway rail system they really squeeze it in there with the car and mm-hmm. it, it literally just looks like you're inside of a big like uh soda can yeah it's i would say so <laughs> it's pretty crazy the tube the tube i think it was very navigable and yeah, it was, the ticking, it was ticketing easy. system was much better than paris in my in my opinion but i uh, i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and then after that we went saw uh i guess like the big ben westminster abbey St. Paul's Cathedral, we saw... All the major highlights that you would see on a postcard or something, we kind of saw in a three to four hour span. Yeah, we had Trafalgar Square, which was definitely pretty neat. Had a bunch of just fountains and things around. It was definitely a cool spot to check out. We didn't go to the, the National Gallery, just because we didn't really have time. We were just kind of moving around a lot. Looking back, I kind of wish we went there, because they, uh, they have a Surratt piece there that I would like to see, but it's okay. The National Museum we went to. The British Museum. The British Museum. It was pretty neat. I mean, I wouldn't say it was fantastic, but... There was a lot of cool things um, from Asia, Korea, mm-hmm. Japan, China, that I've never seen before in any type of museum, mm-hmm. uh, art museum, histor- historical museum, anything. So it was really enjoying enjoying to find all the pottery and the paintings of the dragons. And I, that's just something I've never seen before. So I had a, a big appreciation for it. But then when we walked through the Egyptian stuff, it was like... We've seen this before. Yeah, another sarcophagus. Yeah, but I, I will add the, I think it was Chinese ceramics room was really cool. And I, having a background in ceramics, just seeing their glazes and the finishing on all this stuff, it was really impressive. And I think I had a really great appreciation for it because I knew kind of the work that it, they put into all those different things. And it was kind of a room off on its own that was kind of quieter. And I spent a ton of time. I could probably go back and spend a, th- a lot more time there, but... I think if I was to go back to London in, you know, years or so, let's say I'm 45 and I want to go to London or something, I would definitely go back to the British Museum because there was an entire section on the Japanese culture mm-hmm. that was closed off. Correct. Yeah. And plus with the intention of going to this museum, instead of just us being like, oh, it's here, let's stop in, mm-hmm. you could get um, a much larger appreciation for the pieces and the artwork. When we were kind of doing our thing the first day, in my head, I was like felt a little underprepared because initially it was like, we're going to UFC and it happens to be in London. Mm -hmm. But then looking back on it, I kind of realized we hit all the main spots, but it's just not in the same way. We kind of went about Paris where it's like, Oh, we'll see this and then this and then this. I don't know. It didn't feel like there was like some main square. I mean, we went to Trafalgar square and we went through Piccadilly circus and we went to like, Oh, we went to all the spots, but it wasn't as, touristy sightseeing as Paris I think just because it was more of a city I think we kind of ran went through it like we go through New York City and just happened to bop around but I, I, I just I think the Eiffel Tower is a little different than Big Ben Big Ben was cool but it was kind of like I don't know whenever I see the Empire State Building I'm like oh cool Empire State Building and then move on but Big Ben was kind of the same way with all that said a lot of really cool things there was one bridge that's like in one of the Harry Potter movies like the was it called the Millennium Bridge? I think so. Uh, Something with an M. That was kind of cool to see. 
but definitely the city, there's a lot. It was definitely a very big city. Like we said, New York City feel could have definitely stayed longer and seen more things, but we just were kind of out and about and phones were dying and there was people we had to meet up with and Connor had to meet up with some people. So I'd say it wasn't like a Paris experience, but it was still really fun. Just a little bit more hectic, but hectic, but definitely worthwhile and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So I guess that night we met up with my friend Dennis. Dennis Shout out. Shout out Dennis Michael, Michael Hutchinson III. Yep, he so he's staying in in London, and the Notre Dame London building is pretty much in the center of the city. I I was kind of mad at him because he was well, we couldn't stay with him. In my head, I was like, dude, I'll just sleep on your floor, like no big deal. But to get into there, you had to turn over a piece piece of like an ID. They had to, like sign you in with the other person present, and you had to leave by eleven fifty five, or they were like going to come get you, uh, which was a little frustrating. So, but the, I mean, the, the Notre Dame London building is pretty cool. Well, I think Dennis mentioned that Notre Dame outbid like a country for this yeah. building because they wanted to put an embassy there. Not the, not the, the building they have classes in. Oh, they have, they have classes yeah. in. But he, I would think the same thing for mm-hmm. his apartment place because it was so essentially located and mm-hmm. it was very nice. But just imagine walking into like a normal old looking building and then they have these huge, honestly, like airport subway turnstiles to get in mm-hmm. and i was like what is this fort knox and i walked in and the security guard like perched up he's like come back here come back here because i didn't give him my id i didn't sign in with my full legal name email phone number signature yeah insurance check off yeah it was a little <laughs> it was a little it was a little over the top but i understand they want to keep the kids safe there because it's like 200 something notre dame kids and we saw dennis and a couple of girls but neither of us really knew but because most people were in dublin because this was St. Patrick's Day weekend, um, but it was which, still, which we'll get to, which we'll, which we'll get, get to later. Uh, and then also our my friend Ashton and my friend Sam Uhaj, they were in Rome. They also decided they were studying in Rome. They decided to come visit. So it was nice to see everybody. Connor well, Connor had met Dennis before, so they were, you know, thick as thieves already. Yeah, it was enjoyable to see everyone kind of link up, and it was a it was a hodgepodge of people, but yeah. we all really were there to enjoy each other and. The cool thing is that, uh, I mean, I see these guys periodically, your friends, but that you're talking about how Ashton is in Rome for the entire year. Mm-hmm. So seeing him alone was like, I, I don't really know him at all. I've only probably hung out with him maybe four days of my life, but you could tell just how much he had changed from being in Rome. Oh yeah. Like the, he was so, not that he wasn't happy before, but he just had this different like aura around him yeah. and all the questions he was asking, or I was asking him, he would give me these very full on answers about Rome and, one funny thing is my friend Julia from school, shout out Jay Gags. She doesn't listen, but Jay Gags, uh, pretty cool. You met her, Julia, right? I think I did, yeah. She was in Rome and uh, I got a snap from her one day and it was Sam Uhaj. Uhaj, is that how you say yeah, it? Uhaj, Newberg native. Newberg native. So big world, but such a small world at the same time. They just happened to sit next to each other in one of their classes in Rome and they're like, oh, where are you from? You know, they did the whole exchange of pleasantries. Where do you go to school? And whenever anyone says Loyola or Notre Dame, and because we talk about each other so much, like, oh, do you know this person, that person? And they just clicked instantly. So mm-hmm. to see him, and when I saw him, like when I was there, I sent a picture of her. I was like, oh, look, it's just your classmate. So uh, small world for sure. Yeah, that was cool. And I went, one thing I will say about London just in general, it's pretty expensive. Calculating, we've been so used to calculating, okay, I know this is five euros. It's not five bucks, a little more, whatever. And then you get over and you have to do another calculation in your head of what pounds are. 
and that was a little frustrating. But so Dennis decided to get, I guess they drink these like two liter, like picture like a two liter of Mountain Dew, basically like that size. That, that size, shape, but, it, but it looks like apple juice because it was but cider. Yeah, because they, but they drink like five percent cider, and they're like two, two pounds fifty, I guess. We all had had those and some Fosters and some Guinnesses and. Well, what he, Dennis mentioned, which is a big difference from where we are, is he basically, without saying it, said that you need to get very intoxicated if you want to go out to the bars and have a good time as if you were drinking and in college. Mm-hmm. Where for us, it's almost stupid to drink beforehand. It's, the, it's not the, cost effective to not drink cost before effect. you go out. Yes. Yeah, so he was like, oh, yeah, my buddies will get like this and then we'll all drink one or all share one and then go out. And and we were kind of going about our business. We had some beers and then we switched to these and we were playing beer ball with them. And if you know what beer ball is, that's a very funny statement that there was just uh, four two plastic two liters on the side of a table. And we get through, we're going through it. Then we move to the TV room to do the uh, a power hour with these things. And I'm kind of lagging behind, but it's starting to really get to my head because it, it's this cider and... I was I was like I was, I was decent, very much buzzing. Yeah, it's a decent percentage of cider, and it started to get to the point where it was like very. You would switch over to something that doesn't taste as good but has less sugar, mm-hmm. but obviously you have to keep going through this whole thing, and then all of a sudden you look over and Dennis is done with his, and and he's like, yeah, I've actually never. Drank yeah, all an yeah, all of a sudden he's just like, before we go out, he's like, yeah, I've actually never done this before. I drank one by myself. We're like, dude, and you we're just, like, you just said that you had. Like, what are you talking about? And if if you don't know Dennis at all at all. Nicest guy, great human being, treats me like he, I'm his best friend the first time I meet him, but he is like a buck 35. He's not that skinny, with. but he's a skinny dude. He's just a smaller guy. He's not a skinny. thick guy. No, he's not a thick guy. So for him to get done with an entire one of these, and I'm feeling borderline drunk off of a half, maybe a two thirds, we're like, oh no. But he, he held it together well, yeah. for, a, for a while at least. Yeah, he, was he just he, He's a... He doesn't show his alcohol on his face, is mm-hmm. what I'll say. Yeah, so then so we're like, okay, we're going out. And at this point, Connor Fulton, his friends from Barcelona, they didn't go to Clemson like him, but he just met them. I think one was from University of Georgia. One was from U- University of Virginia. Nope, uh, University of South Carolina. Oh, my bad, my bad. They, Shut up, Gamecocks. Go Gamecocks. They met up with us, and Dennis is like, okay, we can go to the Thirsty Bear, which is I've heard is like the Notre Dame kids go to this place. But... Let's go to, I don't even remember the name. I of think it. it was called O'Neill's. Let's go to O'Neill's and St. Patrick's Day, whatever. Only we'll eight, it's only eight minutes away. It's, it's only, only dude. I'm telling you, tops. It's eight minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes if we walk slow. We start going. We're following Dennis. Dennis is the leader Dennis. of this pack, and we go through Koreatown, Chinatown, the Greek part, Little Italy. If there was a little, uh, little Jamaica, we would have went through it as well. Little Uzbekistan. U- little Uzbekistan. We went through, Tajikistan. I swear we went through like. Koreatown one and Koreatown two. We went through everything, <laughs> every nationality you could think of. And the whole time, Genesis is just ch- ch- chatting it up, talking. At one point, he turns around and yells, uh, "Yo, where's yo? Steve will do it. Where are you?" Which is the kid from uh, University of South Carolina. Looks like his YouTuber. Steve will do it. But Je- keep in mind, Dennis and this guy Johnny had never met before, and Dennis is just drunk in the middle of the London streets, yelling, "Yo, yo, Steve will do it. Where are you at?" Which was pretty funny. But eventually we get to O'Neill's. And they're like, yeah, we close at one. Uh, it's going to be 20-pound cover. 
and the line's about two hours and it was like midnight we're like well thanks dennis yeah well we just (laughs) we just walked four miles to get rejected at a bar this is sick yeah so then out of nowhere i I don't know if it was dennis or somebody in line let's go to waxy o'connor's which I'm, i'm thinking this is an irish pub st patrick's day no way we're getting in around the corner immediately end of this bar no cover no cover and we think okay cool this is a nice little irish irish pub no big deal here let me let me take over here because I, I walked in first so you walk in like matt said it's just normal irish pub got guinness got a bunch of old old irish dudes cheering each other music's playing little fiddle action you hear in the distance You're like okay you know this is pretty cool like we're, we're lucky we stumbled on this place we're in a big city like this we're actually super lucky we stumbled on this place and then you look into the back where the back wall should be and it's like a slow descent down it's like oh wow must have must have like a smaller mess hall area in the back so you walk down these wooden oak stairs oh this is pretty cool and then you keep looking and there's another level down and these and- are all like half floor changes yeah so it's probably floor, like a quarter floor it's probably uh, the place is like very high in terms of the ceilings but the floors or levels would go down probably six feet eight feet mm-hmm. four feet so you're just going lower and lower and lower and the best way i can describe it is think of in your mind whatever the craziest irish celebration is meets alice in wonderland mm. you're going and every time you go down a level reality starts to warp and then you go down a little bit more and it starts to warp and then it goes down and it starts to warp and then you're on the sixth or seventh level and you look back and you can't see the front of the bar but you just see green and you see a bunch of people drinking guinness and you're like okay maybe i've teleported to ireland and then you get to the last level and there's a mess of people with a second or second third or maybe even fourth bar and then at the top Think of like at the top of the the place, Rapunzel's Tower, Johnny on the fiddle. Johnny on the fiddle. It's just a bunch of guys just playing music. No big deal. We thought it was, I guess, I, I, I didn't realize it was live until we got all the way back there. And this is towards the end of the night. And the guy who must have been singing is like, everybody, this is Johnny. Like Johnny's been here since 10 in the morning. Like it's his last song. Playing for you guys all day. Playing for you guys all day. Uh, Johnny, take it away in the fiddle. And this guy gives the best, hardest eight, seven, seven eight minutes fiddle solo of his entire life he started playing and i was like oh my goodness i don't think anyone's gonna believe this so i had to like take out my phone and take a video i'm not a huge video my experiences guy but in this moment i was like i have to at least take a picture because this small irish man with a guinness top hat on is playing the fiddle so <laughs> like his life depended on it and it was just it was his moment it was mm-hmm. his solo and oh my gosh it was the crowd goes wild for the last one and we ask for an encore, and they give us Country Roads, but on the fiddle. And it's just all these drunken buffoons. We're not even that drunk at that point, because I don't, I don't even know if we got a drink up there. I, I but didn't was, get a drink But it was drunk off life, high off life. Mm-hmm. We're in London, we're doing so many cool things, and we stumbled upon Johnny on the fiddle. And I'm just, I'm literally just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it was... I felt, Dude, I literally felt like I was in heaven. Like, it, it, was, it was bizarre. It was the amount of just pure joy and bliss in that room. It wasn't like... I don't know. I feel like college kids when we celebrate Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day, it's like okay, we're just gonna get drunk because it's St. Patrick's Day. You're gonna get Not drunk, like, off, drunk off Guinness, and drink, then you just, have a, a just, shot of something that you usually don't have a shot of, and then the night ends bad. Yeah, like this was like I feel like we use the St. Patrick's Day as an excuse to drink, where they use like St. Patrick's Day as just an out. Like they, 
they were drinking to St. Patrick while we were just drinking because of St. Like because it happened to be the day. So everybody in this place was just on cloud nine, having the absolute time of their life. It was just pure joy throughout the it whole was a, place. It was a peak moment. I would say it was top five trip moment so far. I agree. It was it was bananas. And then eventually we we leave and we're walking home and uh, we're almost all the way back. And Ryan and I split off from Connor because he's like a little, our hostels aren't in the same place. Like two minutes later, my phone started blowing up from Connor. It's like, dude, I just got hit. Like, I just got kicked by a homeless lady. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so apparently some homeless lady just came up and kicked him. Well, we we had walked like 40 minutes yeah, back, all three of us, all through safe streets. Like, never. Honestly, I've never felt in danger on any of these streets, no. wherever we are. Leuven feels so safe, but it was late at night, so we were kind of traveling in a pack. Mm-hmm. And then we had, we had to split off. It was like two minutes left, five minutes left in the journey. And Connor just texts... I just got kicked by uh, a homeless lady and she started yelling at him and you think you'd understand her because she's speaking English, but it was so broken and accenty and yeah, <laughs> no, that was, that was a funny way. I mean, it's all good, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. I don't know her. So we get back and at this point we were just tired. Didn't even matter what hostel we were staying in. Just collapsed. Woke up the next morning, went to a nice little outdoor spot for like breakfast, early lunch. That. I thought it was pretty good. One thing they have that I didn't expect was their markets are kind of outdoorsy. It feels like it was almost like an old style factory that had been converted to have like mm-hmm. more bougie upscale spots for like brunch or like a salad bar or maybe a, I don't know, like a microbrewery and all these places. So we'd go through these markets and the one we went to was right on the water. So we looked out, uh, saw uh, the London Bridge. Tower Bridge. Sorry, Tower Bridge, uh, Tower of London. And then we got food, which again, you look for the cheapest thing on the menu. And then it's still like so much because the euro in comparison to the United States dollar right now is if you were just back home and there was a sales tax. Yeah, it's really not bad. But then the pound, like... And the pound's some, weak right now too. You uh, you see something, you see something on the menu, you get it. And then you look at the card and it's like, I would... Did they miss... Put, like, did they miss calculate this but yeah. it's just the conversion rate is awful so mm-hmm. if anyone plans on going to london in the next couple of days maybe go to the tesco and buy yourself some carrots or something yeah which we did later do uh and then so after that was our trip to the o2 arena for ufc so the doors opened at four first fight at four thirty. given the amount of money we spent we got there at what like two because there was a little outdoor area where you could hang out. So we took a picture in front of the UFC letters, which was really, really neat. We got a little photo op with one of the belts, which was a lot of fun. Chatted with this dude from the Netherlands about the UFC. And I mean, the O2 Arena in general is pretty neat. It's pretty cool from the outside, but the arena itself, it's like picture in an arena, if somebody put like a circus tent over it, and then the extension off the side of the arena to i guess where the tent would hit the ground was just like a mall yeah so, there so we like walk in guys, there's like five guys. guys i think there might have been like a zara there's a nike outlet mm-hmm. all surrounding inside surrounding this arena so that's where we got to hold the ufc belt uh, we got to go take a picture in front of an actual ufc belt belt if we got there a little bit earlier and maybe walked around we could have uh taken a picture with yoana yin jacek but that line was so long when we got there, and I, I'm happy we got the belt picture because cool. it's pretty it's pretty legit. Um, 
I, I, th- I send it to like almost everyone I know. <laughs> so Yeah. And even just the, the O2 is kind of on its own little peninsula and has its own metro stop. Just that whole area was pretty neat. Nice to be out in the water. It was a little out of the way from the city, the city center. So it was, it was, it was cool to be. And we get in the arena and for the first couple of fights, there's nobody there, but that's as to be expected as the fight goes on, the arena fills up more and more. I mean, the first fight, I'm looking at the fight card on my laptop. First fight was boring. So boring. But then after that, we had a, like a majority draw. We had a domination by Joanne Wood. Jake Hadley won one of the performance of the Knights. He knocked Malcolm Gordon out, like out of nowhere. And, and then we saw, we saw we, another KO, TKO, and we saw a decision, which we thought went the other way, but they gave it to this guy. The judges were fairly awful the entire night. Yeah, so keep in mind, these UFC London cards are just a ton of talent from Europe, mostly from the UK, but a decent amount from just all of Europe. Like a Welsh, Scottish, Irish fighters. Yeah, it's stuff along those lines to just get people really excited about the sport. Yeah, so it felt like the decisions were a little interesting sometimes. Uh, We watched this guy, Mohamed Mokayev. He he almost was submitted by a a leg lock somehow. Well, I don't know if you saw, but it it came out that he tapped multiple times so the refs didn't see it. Oh, I didn't see that. Because what a leg lock is, is for people who don't know, it's when you grab a hold of someone's leg and twist it in such a way that their knee like has to structurally tear or break. So it's kind of like it's, an arm it's not, bar, but it's kind of like an arm leg. bar, but an arm bar, you'll break your arm. It'll be painfully awful, but you'll heal and your arm can be normal. If it's you like get a broken bone. Yeah. If you get leg locked and don't tap out to this, you will never walk again. Like we never walk normally in your life ever again. So he had that happen to him and he held out for as long as possible and then ended up uh, submitting the guy. But no, if you look at back at the video, because I was looking at it, I think it was yesterday, uh, he tapped multiple times, but people are saying he did it on purpose where the ref couldn't see to try to get the guy to ease up on the tap. Because he did kind of ease up a little bit mm. on the on the um, submission attempt. But Interesting. Then we saw just some other good fights. Jack Shore, I actually seen when I went to UFC Long, uh, Long Island, he put on a good show and had a little shout out to his dad who just beat cancer, which was a pretty cool thing because the arena was like filling up at this point and it was pretty emotional. He was an emotional and he just won this big fight of his career. So that was pretty cool. Then we got to the main card and... Oh, I- wait, wait, you don't forget the... There was the one fight, fight that we saw on the preliminary card. It was a... Dude- oh, Sam Patterson? He got knocked out? Yeah, he got... Uh- it was this guy. Was he from the UK? He was from the. I think he was from London. He was like from London or Manchester, and he fought. He was a new in the UFC, but he was a top prospect. And then he was facing this other guy from Israel. And in the promotional package, it kind of seemed like Sam was overlooking the guy, and then the Israeli dude with a very thick, like, would it be, would it be like a Hasidic accent? Would that be? I, I guess, but he thick, he did not or, speak English. well. He didn't speak English well. Yeah. Uh, he was just like, I'm going to win and beat him. And you're like, oh, okay. I would throw money on that guy. The other guy was like, this is my time. Blah, 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 blah. This is the start to my UFC career, blokes. And it's like, all right, dude, like you kind of so, look skinny. They, but They were throwing back and forth punches. And then uh, Yanai, who's the Israeli dude, he missed with a punch. And then right after followed up with, a, with his other hand, an overhand, and just flatlined Sam Patterson. And then he hit the ground. The ref didn't get there fast enough, so he was just wailing on this dude. And what you wouldn't see on camera, which was cool that we got to see, well, 
cool in the sense that like you never really see it, but it wasn't like enjoying this to happen. But Sam Patterson, he got knocked out. But when you get knocked out, you don't really remember a lot of things when you your body wakes up. So he was like trying to fight still as he's on the ground and the ref trying like, to fight the ref. Yeah, yeah. So bizarre. he was like holding on to the ref, like trying to punch him. And they had a bunch of like officials from outside the cage come and like prop him up against the wall. Basically, like if you ever seen. Um, I don't know, like if your your buddy's like drunk at a bar and you kind of like hold him up to restrain him, that's what they're doing. But his whole body was acting like he was in this, it was like the extremes of fight or flight where he was like trying to get away, but also trying to punch. And they, it's something like the UFC wouldn't show because it was, it's kind of scary. It was scary in the sense of like, this is a very, obviously it's a violent sport. Like we enjoy it for the, you know, the, the purity of the, the fighting and the storylines. But this is actually like, his brain got recircuited and it took him a while to figure it out. But that was, I don't know, man, it was like crazy to see. I've never seen that before. I mean, I've seen highlights where sometimes like the, the guy will get knocked out and try to like submit the referee or something by holding onto his leg or something. But I've never seen some guy really shake violently like that. Um, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a seizure. I don't want to, I wouldn't say it was scary. It was more just like interesting. Yeah. Okay. He was kind of, he was just kind of out of it. Uh, and then we, Got to the main card, Marvin Vittori won, and I, we, I think everybody in the crowd thought he lost, but they gave him the decision. Uh, Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill was extremely boring, unfortunately. Might have been the most boring fight I've ever seen in my life. So boring. The one thing, I, the one critique I have on the fight card that we watched was there was a lot of really uh, lightweight fighters, meaning like, uh, you know, they have different weight classes. There wasn't a lot of heavyweights on there, and the heavyweights really wouldn't knock each other out with full force. And you can kind of hear the impact a lot better. But there's a bunch of flyweight ones where it's just kind of... It's almost as if you you were fighting someone with uh, pillows on your hands. Like 100-ounce gloves. It just wasn't... Some of them were kind of snoozers like that one. But mm-hmm. um, it was kind of nice like we just checked out through that one. And the last three were bangers for sure. Yeah, so Gunnar Nelson submitted Brian Barberena in kind of a crazy fight with an arm bar that was really fun to watch him set up. And then so the main two events, main two fights, Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fazia was just brutal. It was just war, man. They, if, if Justin Gaethje is just known for being like, just goes in there and brawls. Dog fight. Yeah. So they that, were throwing haymakers back and forth. The whole crowd was. The whole crowd it. wanted him, which I was surprised that they all wanted him. That was, no, that was nuts. Yeah. That went to a decision, but it was still a, a, a very, very fun fight. And then the main fight of the night, Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. I didn't think Leon was going to win going into it. But so the reason they had the card in London is because Leon's the champ now. He knocked out Camaro. Yeah. So in 60 seconds or less. Yeah. Leon and Camaro. So Leon is the Brit. Camaro is, he's like from the United States, but he goes by Nigeria. So they fought probably seven, eight-ish years ago. And they were up and coming prospects. Camaro beat Leon. And since that, Leon has never lost. And Kamaru went on to be the champion. So it was always known they were going to meet up again. They met up late last year. Kamaru, who was the champion at the time, was beating Leon handedly for four rounds. It Even got the, to the fifth round he was and It got to the point in the fifth round where uh, the announcers were telling, were like, Leon's corner should throw in the towel. Leon looked like he's quit. And then uh, out of nowhere, he throws like a fake punch, fake punch, head kick to... Uh, Camaro's head. Camaro gets knocked out. Leon becomes a champion. Crazy, crazy moment. And then as soon as that happened, we knew they were going to go to a trilogy fight. And from that night, they were talking about going to London, go to London. They so even that, talked about going to Wembley Stadium, which is like the biggest soccer stadium in London. Yeah. So we, 
we knew from uh, from that night when that happened that there was a chance we could go see this card. So the big storyline was going up to it is they're one apiece now. Leon beat him and handily or beat him, but he really lost the fight except for that miraculous comeback. So is he really the champion? And he kind of needs to solidify his spot. So there's a lot of going back and forth. And then you watch the entire fight and Leon, he was really piecing him up. Leon lost a point, meaning he did something illegal in the fight. Um, so he lost a point for yeah, scoring. And to, to lose a point is like you automatically lost a round. Which yeah. is this huge deal because MMA is scored on a 10-point must system, which means every round one person has to lose one of the 10 points you can get for the round. So usually every every card is 10-9, 10-9, 10-9. If somebody's getting like really beat up, like and the ref could have maybe stepped out and said 10-8, you never ever see a 10-7. So getting a, getting a point takeaway, even if you win the round, it's a 9-9 round, so it, it's a wash. So that was pretty. I was pretty crazy. The crowd was booing for that, even though he definitely deserved to get a point taken. So it was a very close fight. It seemed like the head kick from the last one had really messed with Kamaru, at least from our seats, messed with Kamaru's judgment of when to protect his body or protect his head because he didn't want to get head kicked again. And when someone gets knocked out, it's very interesting to see if they'll kind of come to. Like I honestly think if Kamaru had lost maybe by decision the last time, he would have won this time, but the head the head kick it messes re, with you. Re, it definitely messes with you. So going into the final round, it was very close. Leon ends up winning and um solidifies him as the champion. The Kam- crowd went insane. Yeah, Camaro's reign is over. Over now, at least for the next six months or so. But Leon, everyone is going crazy. I mean, we don't really like Camaro that much. Like just as a fighter, I don't have like a grudge against him, but seeing Leon win in front of his home crowds, it was crazy. And one cool thing was in the last fight after he had kicked him, he, he was like on the microphone, he was like headshot dead. So during the fight, all these UK geezers. fans, UK geezers, they would just be like headshot dead, headshot dead. And the whole crowd got into it. It was cool. The whole arena or whole arena was on the side of this one dude. And then for him to win, I will say all of the London chants were very enjoyable. It wouldn't just be like your name. They would be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And there was ole, ole all the time. And mm-hmm. they, they're they're really good at uh, the whole whole chanting. Yeah. Uh, another, After he won, just headshot, dead, headshot, yeah. dead. It was, it was crazy. So Colby Covington, who's an American, very polarizing figure. He's probably, he's going to get the next title shot in the division. He was there drumming up just drama because he's kind of a showman. That was kind of cool to see. Because he was the backup fighter. So if either of the guys got hurt like the day of or anything like that, he would have stepped in. Uh, we saw Dana White from far away. Big, our seat, big was, shiny head. Our seats were top level, but they weren't bad. We had like all. a perfect view into the entire cage from where yeah, we were. There was no obstruction by any like lighting or cameras or anything like that. Because the O2 arena is pretty steep in the top levels. So we, so we had pretty solid seats overall. Uh, in terms of like just experience being a fan there, beers were expensive, uh, food was expensive. They actually sold like e-cigarettes because I guess everybody smokes over there. So people were just puffing on these puff bars. Yeah, every, kind four, of, every four kind or of five annoying. punches we get some fake cotton candy in our face. That was kind of annoying, but overall it was a great arena. It was a great night, one great of the, fights. One of the best sporting events I've ever been to in my mm-hmm. life. I said it when I went to Long, UFC Long Island and I'll say it again. If you have the chance to go to a UFC event, just do it. There's so much fun. 
everybody in the crowd is, you might think that the crowd's going to be a rough crowd because they're all fight fans, but it's not even like that at all. It's just the complete opposite. Everybody has so much respect for like each other and just the sport in general and all the fighters. You can't, I, I mean, I didn't see any fans that were like nasty or anything like that. It was just so, it was it was tremendous. It was one of the greatest sporting events I've ever seen in person. 100% would do it again. Even if you don't have great seats, just being there around other people that like the sport is awesome. Yeah, and historically, when the UFC goes to London, they go to the O2 Arena, and the crowds are usually crazy. And I felt like the crowd was crazy. I mean, it was my first event, so I didn't know entirely, but the crowd was really crazy around us. Another thing I wish they did was when usually a UK fighter is fighting at the O2, they'll play a song for their intro that everyone sings along to. So they played like Sweet Caroline or something like that. They got the crowd really into it. And that was the one thing we didn't get because Leon played some... He's, I think he has Jamaican heritage, so he played some Jamaican Some weird song like Jamaican that song. That nobody could sing to. But when if you want to get chills as a UFC fan, just look up Darren Till's intro to the O2. He plays Sweet Caroline and he's a, he's a scouser. Uh, everyone was going nuts for that. Like, I wish we had one unifying mm-hmm. song, but all the chants and all that were were just enough that they uh, they satisfied me in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then, so that night, I guess what it's, we got there, like we said, around 2, 3. This is around 1 in the morning. Didn't really want the night to end, wanted to eat something, so we hopped on the tube, went back to our place. Original McDonald's we went to was closed, so we walked like 30 minutes in like a slight drizzle to get to this McDonald's, which this McDonald's is one of the craziest experiences of our lives. All right, so let me set the scene for you here. Late night, soft rain. You kind of feel like a main character walking through the streets, maybe an exposition to a movie. You've got this chill in the air. You walk into the McDonald's because it's the only thing open. We're not silly Americans to just go to McDonald's just because it was the only thing open and we knew it was going to be relatively cheap. We walk in. And the lobby feels like it's a infinite. It's such a grand... It's huge. It's such a large place. It just feels like it goes on and on and on. There's like weird like turns everywhere in this... There's like It feels like there's secret rooms in this lobby. I don't know if anyone has ever had a dream where like they're in a room and they escape the room only to be in another room. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like an insane asylum in that regard. And just like all the walls were like this dingy green and dingy yellow and you kind of turn around the corner and there's even more seating and there was just so many weird people just sitting I mean there's a couple people just smoking cigs rolling up cigs and it was like I don't know I was so thrown I turned there's this one lady who's sitting there reading a book called just budgeting for managers just like sitting there reading this book which you may think oh whatever she's reading but this this book looks like for some reason like it was the oldest library book in the world. And then we get up into line and there's like four Chinese high schoolers and they're all really intoxicated. And the one of them just walks up to this older couple and goes, I can't take care of my friend anymore. Have her. And she just, just like, just gives her friend, she just gives people. her friend to these people and then disappears. We never saw her ever just again. Left. Like they didn't know these people. She just gave her friend away. And we're like, what in the heck is going on? We get on? up into the line and you look at the menu board and it feels like, half 2004 half modern there's like nothing on the menu there's no numbers on the menu like you would see in the united yeah. states it just said meal and it had a burger next to it and then you had the option of getting like a different type of drink 
and they didn't have like Coca-Cola. They just had like Sprite Zero. They had Sprite Zero, no regular Sprite. They had Fanta. I think they had Coke Zero. I mean, they had regular. I, I don't know if they had regular Coke or not, but it was just very odd. Like the menu was, it was kind of McDonald's. It kind of felt more like a Burger King menu, or like the whole. It felt like the whole thing maybe just hadn't loaded in yet. It kind of felt like if you ever seen the uh, first Captain America, where he's in the at the end of the movie where he's in the uh, bedroom that looks like it's in 1950 and he realizes things are wrong and then he runs out and he's in the modern world. It felt like someone had created this idea of McDonald's to try to trick us. Mm -hmm. We walk into the line and we're waiting in line. The people in front of us, they realize we're American and it wasn't well, she, like- Well, she just hit me with her scarf. Yeah. And they, it wasn't the typical, oh my gosh, you're from America. Question this, question that. They were like, are you- how old are you? And we were like uh, 20 years old. And then they were beyond shocked. I don't know if they thought we were going to be 30 or like 10. They, they asked for uh, a box of gherkins. Gherkin being pickles. So if I don't know. If you ever go to McDonald's and someone asks for a box of gherkins, something something's wrong there. It was bizarre. And we get up to the line. We order... Of course, the only normal, I will say, the only normal thing about this entire experience was that the ice cream machine was broken. Only thing. This, like, real quick, if you've ever seen the science experiment, like the social experiment, where they'll put everybody in, like, a waiting room, and everybody's in on it, except for one person, and then they'll, like, start pumping smoke in, like, an air vent or underneath the door, and nobody reacts because they're all part of the situation and they're not supposed to react, and there's one person there who doesn't know whether to, like, start screaming because nobody else is doing anything, like, what do you do? It felt exactly like that, and we were the two not in on the simulation. If someone started walking into the wall like they glitched in a video game, it would have been normal. Mm -hmm. If someone all of a sudden had their pants go on, like go where their shirt was supposed to be, and their shirt to go where their pants would be, no one would have noticed. If somebody just got punched in the face, nobody would have noticed. If, if we just walked up to someone and punched them in the face, they probably just would have stood back astute and not even moved, and no one would have said anything. It, all, it felt like in the Truman Show where like things start to like kind of like fall apart. It felt like that. And oh my God, it was, it was so beyond it. I've never done like psychedelics or anything like that, but I imagine that the entire world around us was on psychedelics or, or onto something. And we were the only ones rational. It got to the point where we were like openly like, are you seeing this? Like just kind of loud like what the hell is going on and no one reacted and the whole time it, but it was just classical music the whole time was they were playing classical music and it wasn't like a everyone's being quiet and ignoring because it's late night and it's mcdonald's no people were just acting like they were in the sims or something it was so so br i've never experienced something like this in my entire life and you would have thought we were either drunk high on drugs or no 100 percent sober and we I, I can't even get it's like right now I just feel like weird talking it's just about like it. chills and classical music the entire time and we I, I felt like we were in this McDonald's for like six hours we were probably in there for like 10 minutes oh, so immediately we're like okay we're not we're not eating in here we get our food they didn't like yeah, whatever we get our food we leave we just I just put my like my fries in my pocket my nuggets in another pocket they gave us an extra Big Mac which was the highlight of the night uh, highlight of the food experience and we just walked home eating uh, even we like stopped at like, this Chinese restaurant like underneath their little awning because it was raining to like set up our little walking food situation. Even that was bizarre. The best way I can describe it was if you've ever been in like a transitive place, meaning you're supposed to 
transition through this place like a I don't know like a stairwell or like an airport or think about the feeling when you're in your high school and it's like not during school and it's at night and you're alone mm-hmm. like let's say you had like a club event or something and you're just alone in your high school it had that feeling to it like we were not supposed to be here we were, the simulation did not load it correctly for us to be here it was supposed to be passed by yeah if this was a video game i would have turned it off and restarted it it was it was just it was just bizarre so we get then make somehow make our way home go, go to bed I, I i don't know it was just it was just so weird i i can't say enough how creepy it was and we weren't even like in a bad neighborhood or anything i i, I don't know <laughs> so yeah I, i'm just still my head i can't even wrap around that whole experience so we go home go to bed wake up go across the tower bridge tower of london a little bit take the tube across went to a little tesco to just get carrot sticks and crackers that's what we ate for the day uh i guess the last highlight of the trip itself we went to stanford bridge which is where chelsea plays just walked around the outside of the arena went to their their merchandise store gotta say the notre dame bookstore is better than this place no uh, no pulisic love no pulisic love the american they only I took a picture on... with his little poster, the only one poster they had. I took a picture with it, but... Yeah, he's probably going to get shipped out of there. He might get shipped out of there. Uh, I wish we could have gone to a game because the, the the stadium was pretty neat. And it was really, really definitely just in the middle of a neighborhood. That I really enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed that. Then we just made our way to the airport, Heathrow Airport. No big deal. Hopped on the plane, headed back. Uh, the one funny thing that happened on the plane, I'll add... They made an announcement and was like, because I guess we were running a little behind. There's three people on this flight trying to connect to Berlin. Like, just please, everybody just please let them off, whatever. And we were in like the fourth and fifth row, I guess from like three up was like a business class. It was like, you're flying business class on Brussels Airlines. Like, congrats, I guess. Like, <laughs> it really was not any different, different than what we were in. And this guy comes running from the back of the plane trying to get off. And there's like this whole group of people in front of us in business that just did not care about the announcement. We're just blocking the way for these people. And this guy's like, can you please let me through? And the guy does ignores him. And he just goes, hey, remember that announcement about the Berlin people? Yeah, that announcement they made to everybody on the plane about letting the Berlin people get. Yeah, remember that announcement? Do you remember that? Because I need to get off the plane. I was like, you would think the guy would be in a jerk, but the guy had, was 100% right to be saying this. All the other people in front of him were being jerks. It was, it was very funny. But even the, even we landed and we were at the wrong oh oh shoot we're at the wrong terminal sorry guys we're gonna bust you and this is after they forced like thirty five people including myself to give up our carry ons and like check them so I thought we were screwed but eventually it all came out took the whatever the train home no big deal <laughs> made it home collapsed uh, great weekend overall but great weekend enjoy McDonald's in London get to a UFC event if you can. Big Ben was cool. Mm-hmm. The one thing, we didn't get to do a couple of things. I mean, we didn't get to see a show on the West End. We were going to go tour the tower, our London tower, but we saw the outside. It, it was expensive. And I don't believe the Queen's and King's like jewels were there because they're getting ready for the coronation. So we didn't really miss yeah, too much. We, we definitely, I would definitely have reason to go back, uh, but I'm, I'm happy with everything we saw. Yeah, it was... And then right from there, kind of started the week. 
And now we're headed out to Vienna and Bratislava early, early tomorrow Super morning. Tomorrow. So we're taking a Ryanair flight, which a lot of the Ryanair flights fly out of Brussels, Charleroi. So we'll show up as Brussels, but it's really Charleroi. And we're going to experiment with getting there. So hopefully we should it should go smoothly getting there. We're going to have to wake up pretty early, so. for sure. But yeah, so Bratislava, sorry, Vienna, and then we're going to go to Bratislava and then back here. We plan Germany for the second part of our spring break. Still a little bit in the planning marks, but besides that, I don't think there's too much else. Um, I'm trying to think. I March Madness went well. I didn't really get to talk about it much. Well, March Madness was crazy as a tournament itself, but teaching it was very enjoyable for these students. A lot of them pick Arizona. Sorry, sorry guys. I didn't. I picked Arizona too. I I try to let them not know that I did that, but then of course they got upset in the first round. I went on a walk with the students. Um, I will say it's so enjoyable to hear the questions these guys ask. The like the five minutes left in the period, some guy asked me how the electoral college worked. That <laughs> that was that was tough to try to explain that in five minutes. But uh, they took me on a tour of the city, and I got a free waffle out of it. I think I'm gonna teach a lesson on baseball next, but I'm not entirely sure. Fourth of July will happen. That will be a a class but that's going to happen later on but um again if you have any ideas on what i should teach these these youngsters i would love to hear it uh it, it's been one of the more rewarding parts of this trip so far which i expected but and the best part too is my homework for that is just like journals of what happened and it has to be like 500 words so it's just me like restating like the same four things over and over which isn't uh which isn't too bad oh made brownies for the first time that was fun which is actually sort of noteworthy because it's a, a bit different in terms of um, the way we have to bake things over here. Taco Tuesday has been a huge success so far. I think it was, last night was the best Taco Tuesday we've had. I'd say so. We're going to switch it up and make quesadillas next time we decided. So any tips on quesadillas or sides for quesadillas, let me know. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't have a lot of other noteworthy things yet. Oh, but. one thing I will say. So when we got over here, we got new SIM cards. And our number, our U.S. numbers lasted for about a month. Oh, yeah. We could use our U.S. number on, but, the, on the SIM card for the first 30 days. But, but mine we, expired. And it, did yours mine expired? expired. So if you're trying to text me and it, I'm not responding, odds are you are texting my U.S. number still. Yeah, and, you'll, and we'll receive that in July. Yeah, <laughs> We're I, not going to get I, it I now. Put, I put my SIM card in the other day to try to like reset the 30 days, and it didn't work. So I know, I, Uncle Greg, I, I, I sent you a text, I think. Um but yeah, but if anyone's texted, like I, you can reach out to I, our parents for yeah, our I texted, uh, Belgian numbers. I, if I you need. Snapchatted Mr. Chacha, which was a funny experience in itself to Snapchat your teacher. But uh, we talked a lot about, about a lot about the flights or the fights, the UFC stuff together. Um, so I, I'm sure he asked us if who we thought was going to win in the fight or something. But mm -hmm. again, I'll receive that text in July. So easiest way, WhatsApp snapchat or snapchat i mean if you use snapchat at all or we also do have belgian numbers or you can text like at like the iMessage. but if you need any of that stuff just reach out to our parents because i don't i don't want to like just put my number on the internet you know when i when i blow up and become famous <laughs> uh one thing i think the last thing i have because i don't want to drag on too long we've been talking for a while but it's been really enjoyable to relive all of this uh yesterday in my kitchen we were talking about American food and not just like the typical uh, fast food stuff, but we were explaining like what a crawfish boil is mm. 
uh, like what barbecue is and uh, just kind of how in the United States, like you'll have a food from some culture and then other cultures get involved with it and create like a, a twist in some way. Uh, so we were talking about like what Tex-Mex food is and uh, a bunch of a bunch of funny stuff, which was very enjoyable. Anything else you got you got for the audience, Sam? Uh, nothing too much. I think I'm all set. It was definitely fun to get back and record because I know life's been crazy, traveling so much, and we just lost all of last week to being sick. So it's, yeah, that was I really got wiped out. Yeah, but hey, we're stronger now than we were. So yeah, the college cold had its had its grip on us, but. We, we beat it up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I'm all set. Well, thanks for listening as always. Thanks for listening as always.